0: The Sanctuary, a community of Jesus people promoting the glory of God in all things to all nations through gospel-centered missional living. Whether it be working with groups in Africa to build orphanages and help rid the continent of AIDS, or feeding the hungry, giving to the oppressed, and helping the hurting who live in our own community, The Sanctuary invites you to be part of a culture of passionate service. You can change your world. Be inspired. Join the movement. This morning, it's our privilege uh, to welcome in a guest this morning, a friend of ours, a friend of the sanctuary. Um, He came about a year and a half ago, did one of our our weekends for our students. And uh, this weekend, he, at the beginning of the week, potentially braved a hurricane. They live in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, it looked like they may not be here. And then it worked out where they were able to come. And uh, Trevor Carpenter is here this morning to share the word, but to challenge us, I think, in a really fresh, new way about how we see the people in our lives, the opportunities God gives us. So would you guys do me a favor and welcome Trevor this morning to the Sanctuary Fellowship. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Well, thanks for letting me be here this morning. Um, it was touch and go. Uh, I do live in Norfolk, Virginia, um, and I live actually right out, outside of Norfolk in a place called Hampton, Virginia. Uh, right now, I've been there for about three years, and um, but uh, fortunately for us, unfortunately for the people of North Carolina and South Carolina, the hurricane took us south. I was able to fly here, but I'm I'm just glad to be here, right here. I like I, like I almost didn't make it here at the sanctuary this morning, and that's because last night when we were done with the retreat, I ended up staying, you know, with Jimmy and Liz, and Lizzie and. Uh, I don't know about you, but, but whenever uh, you know, you're going to do something that involves a lot of nerves, a lot of anxiety, all that kind of stuff, you may go for a walk, you go for a run or whatever. And, and so I went out this morning and you know, went out for a run, had my headphones in, and I don't do well in suburbs because all the houses look the same. All right. And all of the streets in suburban Houston area are all named like Rainbow Lake and Mountain Ridge and, you know, white people crossing and like all this kind of stuff. And so, um, <laughs> like they're all Starbucks flavors in, in like neighborhoods. And then there's plantation this and, you know, all that, you know, so, uh and I'm a scatterbrained person. Like I'm a, I'm a person that has to be focused. I have to have ritual. I, uh, it, it's a, it, it, like the military's good for me because like I have to have regiment, you know, because I will be on something and then I'll look around and be like, oh hey, J.G. what? So you know, um, no, like like cool. So um, uh, uh, good luck today. Um, uh, so right and so uh, like I get distracted. Okay, And so I found myself uh, in a, in, in, in a, as a stranger in a strange land today, all right, where there were like these man-made ponds and fountains and like gazebos and guys with big trucks, you know, and, uh, and I didn't know how to get back to Jimmy's house. So I called Jimmy, and, of course, he's up here, you know, putting on the Shekinah glory and getting the team all ready and all that stuff. And I'm like, Jimmy, what's your address again? And uh, I got lost, basically, okay, uh, which is not a good thing for a guy who works in with sailors and Marines like in warfare to do. Like, it's not good to do that, to get lost in the suburbs, all right? Eventually, he gave me the address, and I um, got uh to an area where I thought his house was but there were several houses in between us so I did what any texan would do I just hopped the fences and started running through backyards which was really crazy because then I really you, know, you have no idea you know some some guy watching you know when the morning news comes out and he's all angry cuz you know strange so eventually I got back to the house though all right so I'm I got to confess to y'all I'm just glad to be here this morning all right um So, uh, because when you're lost, have y'all ever been like lost, lost before? You know, like you, like, how did I even get here? All right. By the look on your faces, you're like, no, I put in ways. What are you moron? You know, um, Yes, I am. Okay. Um but at the same time, when you're lost, it's so critical. Like I didn't have Lizzie's number. I was like, I don't know who I have Jimmy's number, you know. Uh Joe's coming back. In fact, uh welcome back, right? Y'all dropped your boy off, you got him moved in. Uh that he's living uh Dallas, it's in Texas, right? It's a big city. Small town, big city, big city. Big city. Bigger than Houston? Big like be- better than Houston. Okay, got it. Like, um, so like, do they have, so if it's better, like, do they have teams, like sports teams? Do they have sports teams there? Huh. Somebody, A hockey team. Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. Cool. Good deal. Somebody ought to put a football team there, you know. Um, that'd be kind of cool. Right? I mean, like, if it's a big city, right? Like, maybe, you know, like, like, does Houston have a B team they could send up there? Like, maybe if that, that kind but, like, I didn't want to bother them because, like, like, they're going through. Okay, like, our son's up there. Like, we're coming back. And I didn't want to bother them. You know, when you're lost, it is critical who you call on, isn't it? Yeah. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Uh, while you're turning, uh, to give you a little background for those of y'all that I've not gotten the opportunity to meet. My name's Trevor. Uh, I'm a native Texan. I was born in San Antonio. Grew up in El Paso. Uh, uh, love this church. You have no idea the critical tie that I in my relationships with you that I have. Um, I currently am stationed in the Virginia area. Uh, I work in surface warfare, so it's, uh, 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 it's, the, it, it's the ships. Uh, I am a, a, a full-time uh, Navy chaplain. That means we also serve a couple of other groups. We also serve Marines, Coast Guard, federal agencies, stuff like that. Anybody in here? Uh, uh, sailors, Marines, any, anybody in here just so i know any army okay army like air force in, in, in air force people the thinkers uh, are, are there any marines though in here any marines okay so uh, uh east coast west coast by the way both both coasts. where'd you go to school that like like boot camp where'd you go Okay, so yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Paris Island. So the other side, good stuff. Semper Fi. I'm actually going in November uh, back to the Marine Corps uh, for combat logistics. And uh, they're moving my family to Oahu. All right. Sorry. Uh, I know. I know. (laughs) know, Hawaii needs Jesus too. So, um, (laughs) uh, but currently I'm in Norfolk. It's been great. But I am a native Texan. I grew up on the Guadalupe River. Uh, with a john boat ran a trot line had my little rifle i'd hunt turtles and all that stuff hate coming back into buildings with uh, fluorescent lighting so the lord was good and he put me out out there in fact we've got a little video that is just a one minute kind of helps describe what i do and it might give you a little bit better insight into what what i do monday through friday on things a chaplain is is a great responsibility. We have a very special place within the Navy in that we get to interact with basically everybody. We get to be there and serve them and be a part of their lives. Everyone has a story. Whether it's good or bad, neat or messy, they deserve to have that story heard. They need a place where they can tell it and have somebody care about it. And as a civilian if we need some kind of moral guidance, we have the ability to go find a pastor find a therapist or whoever you find that guidance from. In the military, people may not have that option all the time if you're forward deployed. So as a chaplain, we have the ability to go with them and live with them and speak to them where they are and offer that which they deserve and it sometimes just desperately need. So uh, that's what I do. There's about 450 active duty uh, Navy um, personnel uh, in today's United States military, uh, uh 450,000, there's about, uh, 200,000, uh, active duty Marines, uh, currently serving. So about six hundred. there's about 150,000 Coast Guard, uh, Coast Guardsmen and women, uh, they're serving the Coast Guard. And, uh, then we have different agencies that work around that. So for a total of about, about, about 800, uh, about 850,000 people in the C services, there's 840 active duty chaplains. So the ratio is about one to a thousand people, and that's not including their families as well. So you you think about like a church of a thousand people, uh, and and then you add your families, two, three thousand people, and then one pastor for that that uh like it's like that's where you come into play your prayers your support your encouragement that you have given over uh the past number of months since we began our friendship and relationship it is so critical and here's the beautiful thing pastor like i'm like your best missionary. i'm never gonna ask for money like you know like like every every april you already pay my paycheck so uh (laughs) like it's awesome so uh you don't have to worry about that. But, but but more critically, your prayers, your... Like some of y'all, last year I, I had the opportunity to play with a NATO group. And, and I'd get a Facebook message. And, and just that encouragement alone. Um, because, right, when, when, when you're lost or, or when you're away from everything that looks normal, uh, that one voice sometimes is enough, isn't it? Right? Um, your children, those of y'all that are parents, when you... When, when, when your children are in the dark and they hear your voice. Think about when you were a kid and when it was dark and you hear that one. Sometimes it's just that one voice, isn't it? Hopefully I've given you time to find the book of Mark, right? So Mark chapter 10. This text totally has haunted me uh, this entire year. And... Um, it is, it's, it's an old story. If you're kind of a professional church attender, you're going to know this story. If not, this is one of those great ones. Um, would you do me a favor? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty liturgical in some areas. I'm going to read out loud. Would you follow along and would you stand in honor of reading God's word? Because everything I say today, this is the most important thing I'm going to say uh, without a doubt. This is, this is Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to start in verse 46. And this is the reading of God's word. Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving, he being Jesus, with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And they stopped and said, Jesus said, call him here. So they called the blind man saying to him, take courage and stand up. He's calling for you. And so throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight, and he began following up the road. This is the reading of God's word. May we be blessed by it. Let's pray. God, you were over everything and above everything, and uh, and I mean everything. And that's hard for me to get my mind wrapped around, but Jesus, you... Uh, coming in and living with us, stories like this help showcase the practicality of how we can live. Uh, Holy Spirit, it, it, it's not that we don't have enough of you, it's, it's that you've been waiting for us to give you all of us. And so may you blow through the dark recesses of our untouched Parts of our heart today. Jesus, you're perfect, and I'm not. We're not. Uh, I, pray you, I pray that you would bless each one of us here as a group and individually with, with what you want to instruct us on, that we enter one way, but we leave this room different. I pray you bless my family back home. Uh, Lord, bless our minds and our hearts and our bodies You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never leave me even while I'm up here. But really, this is about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. This is about you and having a clear sight of who you are. So may you be pleased at the end with our offering of thoughts and minds in these words. And I love you. Amen and amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So. lost. So like, all right, Mark writes the the gospel of Mark. He's not one of the disciples. He's young, younger. There's a point where in the book of Acts, he's traveling with Paul. There's a breakup, so to speak, in the relationship. Mark comes back. Some people who study and are a lot smarter than me end up saying Mark probably goes to stay with Peter for a little bit. All right. And then eventually there's a reconciliation in Mark and and, and Paul are, are, are reconciled once again, at, as you read at the end of some of Paul's letters. So maybe during that time when he's with Peter, Peter starts telling him the story. A lot of people end up believing that this might have been Peter's testimony, all right? Uh, It's it's made for a Roman mind. This is a good book. If you've never read an entire book of the New Testament, Mark's really good. It's got 16 chapters. If you were to start tonight and read four chapters a night before the time you came back here next week, you'd have the book read and you'd have a good grasp on a really great gospel. Very fast-moving, very fast-paced, very well-designed for our uh, YouTube Uh, bumper sticker kind of culture. This is a good gospel for us. But it's also done in a chronological manner. And so what do we know about this particular stage? That Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and it's the final stage of Jerusalem, all right? So what happens in Jerusalem? Jesus goes to the cross to pay the penalty of your and mine's rebellion. All right, so this is the final act that Jesus is walking through, and as he's walking through, he's not just making a beeline, but he's kind of—he's not meandering either, because everything Jesus does is intentional. He's going through the town of Jericho. Have any of y'all ever been to Israel or anything like that on any kind of tours or stuff like that? Okay, so 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 Jericho sits at the bottom and at the base of Mount Zion. Uh, uh, from a different way. It's the path you would take to get to the Dead Sea. It's the path you'd take to a major highway. Now it is under Palestinian, uh, 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 the lines of delineation. Uh, At the time, it it was a very legendary. It's one of the oldest cities in civilization, all right? Original archaeologists have posed it as the name of the Moon City. It's the same city, right? We had Joshua right? The walls came down. It's where the water was bitter. The prophet Elijah throws a branch into the, the river. There's a natural spring in the center of town. It's a bus stop now. Uh, and and, and the, the water was made sweet, meaning it was okay to drink. It's a very legendary town. If you, if you go through the Bible, Jericho will pop up at different times. In fact, there's another great story even with Jesus that there's a famous guy in the story of Jesus who lives in Jericho, right? You learn it. Those of you all that grew up going to Sunday school, there's a little kid's song, right? And his name is what? Who's the, who's the, who's the guy's name? Do y'all remember Zacchaeus, okay? Does that ring a bell, right? And, and what do we know about Zacchaeus? You can talk back. It's okay. I'm not going to call you Pentecostal. So like, like you know, uh, Zac- Zacchaeus is what? And a. And because he wants to see Jesus, what does he do? For the Lord he wanted to see, right? And what's the next stanza of the song, right? And who comes walking by? And Jesus looks up in the tree and does what? Yeah, some of right some of y'all are even doing the hand motions you're like climbs up in the tree and jackie see we learned the song like he's like Zacchaeus you come down the way when you know you used to climb up the apple tree at grandma's and grandma's like you're gonna break your arm and you know um hold on let me slow down for some of the younger people in here if you're under the age of 20 we used to play outside okay <laughs> and um and no we didn't take the tv and the xbox outside um uh, or the, like, we didn't have phones uh, that you could pull away from the wall. Um, we did have long cords, right? So you could walk in the garage and be like, I'll talk to you later. And you hang up first. Um, so, um, <laughs> Ryan, Do you remember that? That's so ridiculously awesome. Um, get the phone bill back, you know. Um, see, I get distracted. <laughs> hey, jesse what? So, um, no, um, I get distracted easily. So, in the middle of all that, we uh, like we think Jesus is scolding, and really, what he's doing in the Middle Eastern cultures, what we've learned is, when you eat a meal, it is an intimate act. And so, Jesus isn't scolding; he's saying, "Zacchaeus, today I'll eat with you today." And the man comes down. He's notoriously he he is he is the he's he's golem of the city of Jericho. He's he's. He's, uh, you know, the annoying guy in Princess Bride. You know, he's that guy. And Jesus says, I, today we'll eat together. And um, Jesus says, upon leaving the house. I don't know what the conversation is. We don't know what the conversation Jesus has. But we do know that when they walk out, he says, salvations come to this man's house. It's a famous, it's a very well-known story. It's a great redemptive story, all right? And, 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 and I can't help but think that as Jesus is making his way to the most terrifying experience in the history of mankind if you've never looked at the cross like that you need to understand that 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 every heinous sin jesus is about to die for every heinous sin committed by mankind he will walk through and then pay it in a way so that it is satisfied with God. I don't know if you've ever looked at the gospel story like that, but really what it's done is that everything you and I have done in this room, he's about to pay for. Everything the people of Houston have done, he is, he is about to pay for. Everybody in America, everything in the world, everything in the history of mankind, he is about to pay so that God is saying what it is paid for. And that's why at the end he says it's finished. The Aramaic term is what? to Tetelestai. It's an accounting term. It means everything's been paid for. He's about to go do this in about two weeks. So I'm wondering if he's thinking about stuff, right? You would. I would. He's walking through Jericho. I wonder if he thinks about Zacchaeus on that day. Now, he's got this entourage behind him. There, This large crowd is following him. There's people lining up on the streets. And, as, and, as, and, and look back down at the, at. at, at At the statement, I love this, as he's coming through Jericho, he doesn't need to go through Jericho, but as he's leaving Jericho, he is, uh, and and by the way, the side note that he doesn't have to go through Jericho, but he does go through Jericho, tells me that sometimes Jesus will go off the mainstream path to find himself in a place that's not the main place. And and, and I I love even that intentionality, because many times, maybe not y'all, but many times in my life, I end up feeling like I'm off to the side somewhere. Does Christ recognize that i 'm off to the side somewhere About a year ago, I was with a group of um, a group of sailors and we decided to go exploring and uh Jimmy made a funny comment he's like I shouldn't have told you the street name I should have given you coordinates on a map and you probably would have found it you know and and we were out there and and we were and and we decided to find a, a cove we, we were going to scuba dive for the day and uh, most of the group that I work with we were all uh, we're all underwater guys and so we ended up putting on our gear and we ended up going and they said hey man we want to go to some place that's like in the Bible, we were on the island of Crete. And so I said, Well, actually, Paul shipwrecks on this island. Let's try to find Fair Haven and we'll dive where, you know, uh, Paul shipwreck. And so it was interesting because there were several different large boats that were out in, in, in the cove. And as we, as we got out into that area, we were in that. Um, uh, one of the things that divers always like to do is we always like to go to like the center of the hull. Uh, it, it, it's the center part of the boat. It's one of the darkest places on the planet you're ever going to experience. The sunlight is blocked out. You're underwater. It is so dark. It is so much. Uh, it, it, it's just crazy. And I remember in, in moments like that, I get to where it's like, okay, this is like the most isolated part on the planet Maybe. Have you ever just gone out and drove in and been like, I'm at the end of the road. Like, I don't know if anybody can find me. There's no cell phone reception. I mean, that kind of stuff. Maybe you're not like that. I mean, uh, uh, just wandering around. The point I'm getting to is this. Emotionally, you and I feel like we're at the center of nowhere many times. Does anybody even recognize what I'm going through? Does anybody understand the pain I'm going through? Does anybody understand that I'm I'm alone in a crowded room? And yet Jesus says, I walk right by you. Now, look back down at the text. Jesus is walking by, and as he's walking by, there's this guy named Bartimaeus, who, you know, the son of Timaeus. Uh, so I don't know if that means like maybe his dad was famous, or like the reader was supposed to go, oh, yeah, Timaeus' this little boy. Yeah, of course, Bartimaeus. But somehow, there's this guy, and, 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 and he's blind. He's a blind beggar. And he, when he hears that it's Jesus the Nazarene, now that's critical because that's Jesus' popular name, that there's this Jesus guy. And he's from this region. And that's why the crowd is following him. Because over the past three years, people started recognizing that this Jesus from this area, Jesus is a very normal, popular name at the time. But this particular guy, this particular Yeshua, this guy is very well known. And he's known for feeding people and healing people and speaking crazy one-liners to the religious, you know, uh, seminary experts and all that kind of stuff. And so this guy is something else. And so Bartimaeus here that this guy's going to be there. And so he gets out there and he starts crying. And I love this, that when he hears it, it's Jesus, this is verse 47, the Nazarene, he begins to cry out because a lot of times when when, when you and I as Western Americans, we tend to kind of go, what? Uh, if I need to get somebody's attention, like I might ping them, or I might go, hey, you know, or just kind of wave, but, he, but he's desperate. And so he does not care what he looks like. Probably doesn't care what he looks like, he's blind, he doesn't know what he looks like. But like all that to say is like, he doesn't care, right, uh, uh, what he, He's doing. He starts yelling out, Jesus. But yet, look at what the text says he calls him. Jesus, son of David, not Jesus the Nazarene. Now, what does it mean to call him Jesus, son of David? You, you, you and I gloss over this, but I'm... So... The people of Israel settle in a land because God tells Abraham, right, the whole deal. And then they they go down to Egypt because of a famine. But while they're down there in Egypt, several generations go by and they end up being slaves. God takes a guy named Moses, who's like a rancher and a murderer, so pretty much any kind of great TV novella. And he takes the people out of slavery and brings them out into the wilderness. He ends up dying, but his, 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 his sidekick, Joshua, ends up taking him into the land. The land is the land God gave them, and they end up conquering. But then Joshua dies. He's kind of burned out. They're like, we're going to love the Lord. He's like, forget you. I'm out of here. You know, you serve the Lord. I'm not going. You know, and he retires, and then we have these judges, right? If you know anything about the judges, what do we know about the judges? All the men are not so great. All the women are great, right? So there's men and there's women leaders, and, you know, there's ups and downs. And then finally they get this one guy like, we need to have a tribal leader, and they get this guy named Saul, right? And Saul's like cover boy GQ, right? He's... He, he like he looks like he's got the part, but he doesn't really have the part. And he ends up being this incredible uh, highs and lows and you know valleys and mountaintops. But eventually, he ends up losing the throne. And God anoints this guy who's in the back 40 named David. And I love the story of David. Because the story of David is that David doesn't become king and then learn how to become king. David is a shepherd. And you've got to understand, shepherds were... Uh, usually the, the youngest children, meaning they were expendable. I'm a last born out of three boys. Uh, like there's the first born, right? How many firstborns we got in here? Okay, how many middle children? So like everything's gotta be fair. And then how many babies of the family do we have in here? So like as the baby, like you get away with a lot, right? You hear that from the first born all the time. Well, you get away with everything, right? But it's also like you're the one that's left at the mall a lot, you know? <laughs> Is it okay to confess them, like to use y'all as counselors right now? No, like you're the one, you're also the one that gets to be used as the guinea pig. You know, the two brothers are on the roof. Like we're going to repel with the garden hose. Who do we send off first? We send the last one. Okay. Out first. Right. Jesse, David's son is looking at all the sons. Right. And he sends David to go out and take care of the sheep. Why? Because the lions and the bears and the tigers and all that kind of stuff. If they attack one of them, they attack that one. He's the forgotten one. Yet when the prophet comes by and says, out of your family is going to come the next ruler, well, then he's like, well, let me tell you about my valedictorian right here. He was captain of the football team, and, you know, and, you know the, the prophet's like, no, that's not the way it's going to work. Well, let's talk about the next one. He's so good. He's so kind. He's good at spelling, and, you know, he's not the one. What about this one? He's good at math, and, you know, like his Tinder account has all the good girls. You know, I mean, like, and then, you know, and then, and then finally they're, they're like, okay, that's not going to make it. And then at that point, Jesse goes, well, man, I'm all out of sons wait, I got this other one I forgot about, right? Like, I know as children, you get annoyed when your parents call you by the wrong name, but like, have you ever been forgotten about? And that's what ends up taking, oh, I I got another one. And then David shows up, right? You know, cow manure and, you know, like hasn't showered in weeks, you know? And uh, the prophet's like, no, this is the one. Like, this is the guy. And they're like, the brothers are just, you know, they've got to be, what? I for, what? like, what is your name again? David. Oh, it's with a D. Okay. So, um, like, that, but he ends up being Israel's greatest king. And the reason why he becomes Israel's greatest king is that he's a ruler who's also a priest and a representative for God. So the Jews, um, David has a son, by the way, Solomon, right? Israel, geopolitical, becomes the greatest world power. During Solomon's reign, other countries are trading with them. Um, But then after Solomon, it literally splits apart and there's a civil war. And for the next several hundred years, for the next four centuries, Israel will remain split and will go into captivity with Persians and Assyrians and Babylonians. And, and, And that whole time of them, once again, going into slavery, they pray for a leader, but they pray for a leader like David. And then they're told by prophets, your next leader will come from the line of David. So... To say son of David means what? This is the next king. And this is how Bartimaeus addresses Jesus. So look down here, verse 48. All the followers, right? So the church people are like, dude, simmer down. Like, take it down a notch. Stop yelling. But he doesn't care. He yells out all the more, verse uh, verse 48, crying out all the more, son of David! have mercy on me Jesus stops and says call him here so Jesus is walking he hears Bartimaeus say son of David he stops call him here all right so Jesus doesn't walk to him the guy calls out and so he's blind and the guys probably have to lead him to Jesus right and so they lead him right up to Jesus and Jesus says what what do you want me to do for you <laughs> see that's the humor part of me the dude's blind. And Jesus is like, what do you want me to do for you? And the guy, he's got his friends like next to him leading him up and he's blind. He's like, what do you want me to do? And he probably, what, which is this guy? I'm blind, right? But that's a key point. See, sometimes we want to gloss over what we think we need. But Jesus says, no, you need to tell me what you need. I want you to say it. Because you are a self-reliant, egotistical, self-centered person who, and and, and get like, think about it. We're Texans. We love standing on our own two feet and showing how we're independent and all that kind of stuff, you know. And and, in fact, East Coasters hate it because when I introduce myself to people, they go, well, hey man, where are you from? And I go, you know, I'm from Texas. You're welcome. (laughs) And literally, I work with units. Uh, 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 I I, I deployed with a unit last year and, and the unit had everybody, we had like, Man, Israeli defense, we had German, British, you know, uh, what's the state north of uh, Minnesota? Canada. We had Canada. Um, <laughs> we had, all, you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and it was a unique group. It was all special teams. And so, like, it was all these special teams. And we were here, and there were several guys on the American special team, and, and we, we, we were Texas. And we would immediately connect. It was during football season. So we were like, wow, man, again. Can we not sign Tony Robo once more in time? So like, like we were going through the pain together, right? And people were like, man, you Texans, you all kind of gravitate. And, and, and I'll never forget one of the guys was like, well, Texans gravitate. We need to meet other Texans on the ship because we need to know when it all hits the fan, who can I count on, right? We, we rely on each other, right, to get it done, you know. And God goes, yeah, okay, see, that kind of attitude is what leads you to hell. Self-reliance. I need you to speak what it is that you need from me. I, and, and, and what is that called, by the way? Confession. I, I, I need you to speak what you need. Bartimaeus, he he sobers up pretty quick. And look at that. Verse 50, he comes to Jesus. Jesus asks him a question. Verse 51, the blind man says, teacher, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus says, Go your faith has made you well and it says immediately he regained his sight so what happens after he regains his sight that's another critical thing for you and I we we have to confess but then once he touches us see a lot of us and man I hate to say this but a lot of us even here really look at God as if he's santa like and at the mall, right? You remember as a kid, or maybe even you still do it, you go or you take your kids to the mall, right? And you wait in line and then you sit on Santa's lap and you're like, you, like the movie, right? I want a Red Ryder BB gun. And then Santa's like, you will you know, shoot your eye out and kicks him down the slide, right? We, 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 we do that with Jesus. We're like, Jesus, like, God, I need you to help me with this, right? Jesus, I need you to help me with you know with this and 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 then when we're done getting it what do we do we go back to our self-reliant lifestyles thanks for the hookup thank i owe you and he's like yes you do this blind beggar knows more about the christian life than you and i do in this room because once he's touched with christ what does the final part of the chapter say go ahead and look down yourself and see what it says it says he began following him after that And so, by the way, where is Jesus going again? How did we start this? He's going to the cross. He's only got now days left on the planet. And Bartimaeus is healed, but then he follows him to the cross. All right? We have to realize that we need to confess we have to realize that we have to be honest. Jesus, this is what I'm blind about. And then we have to be able to understand that after that moment of touching, we're to follow him. Uh, man, I'm so out on this idea that I'm checked off my box of living in Bible Belt culture. And then somehow getting the hookup, thanks God for hooking me up with eternal life. I'll see you in about, I don't know, 70 years, and then, you know, I can get my access into heaven. Bartimaeus is following him at that moment. That is such a sharp teaching for me, for us. All right, let me ask you this. So who's the hero of the story? Who's the hero of the story? Okay. Okay. Jesus, right? That's good. That's good to want to answer. I mean, you know, he's always the answer, right? Um, I was a kid. I'd go to Sunday school, and I'd be like, <laughs> so if I just say Jesus to everything, right, that's going to be the answer. The teacher's me, he, Of course, yeah, he is. Who, who's another hero in the story? Who is? Bar-mes, he shows faith. You know what's been wrecking me this year? The, outside of the main characters, the hero of the story You're not born knowing that Jesus is the Messiah. You don't know that, right? You don't know that Jesus is the son of David. I've been wrecked with the idea that the hero of the story is not even mentioned. It's the person who tells Bartimaeus, one of these days you're going to meet Jesus and he's the Messiah. Does that make sense? Like that, that, that's just wrecked me because you and I like being heroes. We like being major characters. We like being people that have the answer. We like being people who help. I mean, even getting here, I was like, man, I met so many friendly people that were like, man, can I get you coffee? Can I get you this? I mean, man, do you need directions on how to get to the stage now that you're in the foyer? You know I mean? All this kind of stuff. Are you going to be okay after this? You know, like, are you going to get lost again? I mean, all that kind of stuff. But, but, But we're so helpful, but we also like credit for this. That's why, that's why on social media 90 percent of us sometime this week are going to humble brag right just love it when i get to help out all the orphans in this situation just let you know hashtag too blessed to be stressed you know and then we'll come right we'll come back and we'll look to see how many likes we get right once again helping out with the college ministry just man i give and i give and i give and i give but i get so much back you know we humble brag yet the hero of this story goes without a name we don't even know who this person is but yet, what is the name that that person calls out? It catches Jesus' attention. Now, here's the deal. Like you, I'm going to go to work tomorrow. And I got a staff meeting at 9 a.m. that I got to be at every Monday. All right? And it's not, it's not a church staff meeting they don't care like literally we joe and i were talking about this morning they're, it, 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 they're gonna be like hey welcome back you know um and how's texas and i was like it's the greatest country in the world you know and so you know they're gonna and they're gonna roll their eyes because they're from the east coast they don't know and so but 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 we're gonna get right back into immediately because of the hurricane we, we we've actually got a situation we have like 36 ships that are in the atlantic ocean and now we got to get them back okay so so th- I'm, I'm telling you that is what is going to be on the agenda tomorrow how do we get all these guys back in and so so we've got these other issues but but like you i live in a world that is a dark dark world filled with blind people and 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 i want to help them well let me let me rephrase that i want to want to help them because if i really wanted to help them i would stop at nothing to help them but the problem is you and i don't want to help blind people we want to want to help blind people okay but we want to make sure that we also kind of get the credit for it See, we want to have the person that comes up here and we're like, man, I'm, just so, I'm so thankful for Trevor and he led me to the Lord and he's right there. And, yeah, and people come up and like, oh, what a great Christian he is. We like that. But this is the challenge for us. We're going to have to sacrifice that because possibly God is saying in order for the blind people to come to meet Jesus, some of us are going to have to go unnamed in the story. And are you willing to deal with that, that you will go unnamed? And that's my, I guess that's my challenge today. Are you willing to go unnamed so that blind people can see? So, okay, I, I gave you my name, right? But I didn't get your name. So um, on the count of three, if you don't mind, I just want everybody to tell me like your name back. So I'm Trevor and you are, okay, totally didn't get that, um, could you do me a favor? Just take out a piece of paper, just like like tear off a piece of paper or whatever, and write your name down. Is, is is that all right? Just do that. Right, just do that right now. Just just write your name down. If you go by a nickname, you could put that down. You could be like, you know, uh, Skippy or Biff or you know, I don't know, <laughs> Biaso. I, like I don't know what you call it yourself, but um, just write that down. While you're while you're writing your name down, um, so. Uh, my family has a series of ranches around Texas. We have one just North of here. We have one in Dallas. We have one in Amarillo. We used to have one down in Del Rio and, uh, I'd go there every summer, man. I love that ranch. Shot my first deer at that ranch and had to drive on that ranch. It was just fantastic. It was a dairy, ra- it was a dairy farm actually. And, uh, we actually did dairy products, uh, for the, for the South Texas area. And, and my grandpa down there, um, he had a nickname. Uh, Sparks was his nickname, and uh, and he had a series of dogs that lived in the house, and he had some dogs that lived outside of the house. And uh, the dogs that lived inside of the house were dogs from Grandma, right? And so they were like all these little like variations of poodles, right? They're just like non-shedding white. Black, gray, curly, you know, yippers. Like, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like little fluffs of just noise, you know, that would run around. And they usually had, they usually had like a, uh, uh, like, Collars that had little bells on them, you know, that we had gotten, you know, at the store, and, and and mainly it was so that we knew where they were running off to, right? Because out in the country, if you have a little dog like that, that's just a snack for one of the animals living outside, right? Now on the outside, we had a collection of healers that we had, all right. We had about four healers, and 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 and, and if you know anything about, if, like, have y'all seen healers before? All right, so like, not necessarily the prettiest dog, right? like for, like 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 a dog breeder would be kind of like, oh what that's kind of like a chocolate chip cookie of a dog just kind of blended in together uh but hard-working sturdy solid dogs and i'll never forget one time a bobcat had gotten into one of the calf pens and uh we were like blown away i'm like eight man i'm like just wow bobcat that is so cool and like we're watching it and the poodles are on the front porch just going nuts, right? They're screaming and yelling and chirping and doing whatever poodles do, uh, saying things in French, you know, I like, I don't know, but they're, but, they're, but they're just doing it, right? And it was amazing because they, even though they were full of all this talk, they stopped right on the edge of the porch. But out of the back barn, those four healers, they came out and without making a sound, they swarmed into that pen and just leapt over the fence and got in that pen and started going after that bobcat. It was awesome. Like, it was, again, like, we didn't have cell phones back then to, like, like, film it, but, like, you would have filmed it, right? Like, we, you know, I mean, it was just an amazing act. And this bobcat, it tore two of them down, killed two of the dogs, right? It severely wounded the other two. And I'll never forget my grandpa, the one who owns the whole ranch. When that bobcat was eventually killed by those two dogs, he got in there. And we buried the two dead ones. And the ones that were wounded, I've never, look, I've, like, the only thing I'd ever see him do with those poodles is when they were in the way, he'd kick them. Like, some of the poodles have, and some of you animal lovers are going to be like, I don't like that at all. But Like, I don't care. Um. I don't work for you. Well, I kind of do. But um, so one of them has like the world record for like the furthest long they've walked on the front two paws one time. Um, so he never paid attention to him really, right? He just feed it like, feed, you know, man, what are they doing around here? You know, uh, but th- that old cowboy and, 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 and some of y'all have these in your family. Like my grandpa, he's like from another era, you know, Iwo Jima Marine survivor. Uh, actually, ironically enough, Joe and I have talked about this. I'm actually going to serve in the same Marine unit in November that he was in, in World War II. So that's kind of a neat deal. Um, uh, but just rough man, right? Rough man. Uh, m- mother was a Comanche Indian. Uh, father was a sharecropper. The first house he lived in that had pane windows was when he went to college. Uh, but, man, he walked out and he got those two dogs that had thrown everything. And, and he picked them up gingerly and he brought them into the house, and he started nursing them. Like, I, he didn't even treat us like that, you know? Like, I fell off a, a, a fence one time, broke broke my wrist, you know? And he went and got duct tape, you know? So, but he's like holding them gingerly. Why do I even tell you that story? Well, I'm trying to give you enough time to write your name down on the paper, but, but really what ends up happening is that, you see, some of us, We feel like we're that ugly dog. (laughs) Um, We're not the prim and proper poodle. And so we're afraid to leave the porch and go out and attack what what we're supposed to do. But he's saying, listen, you're not out of my sight. I see you. I see you. And I will heal you. And I will restore you. And then I will put you back out there. So then maybe here's my challenge for some of you all in here. Are you going to be the healer that attacks the cat when the the assignment comes? Or are you going to be the poodle that just sits on the porch and just yips all the time? But you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to sacrifice something. And so actually what I want you to do with with your name, everybody hold your paper with your name on it. If you don't mind, just hold it. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to do this. We're going to do a, a sacrificial altar moment where I'm going to ask you to pray and say, God, in fact, do this. Just bow your head with me right now. Just, if, if you don't mind, just bow your head. Let's pray together. God, I'm going to ask you to do something to each one of us in the room right now. Not as a manipulation of me. Not as something for Joe or uh, in, in, in any of the leaders here. Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you right now in each one of our minds, would you put just the name of someone who is blind, Blind in their sin, blind in their lifestyle, blind in their pain, blind in their hurt, blind in their arrogance, blind in their hubris, blind in not knowing you, blind in not knowing the life you give, blind from having you in their lives. Would you put that person's name in our heart right now and in our mind? And I'm going to ask you to think about that one person right now. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to even say, Lord, I believe you want me to minister to that person over the next two months, three months. So that they, in their blindness, can receive sight. Now, they may know you as Jesus, the superstar, Jesus, the Nazarene, Jesus, the guy who, you know, other preachers have their faces on billboards all over town, but they don't know you as Jesus, the son of David, the king, the answer, the healer. And so God, would you use me to be the one that helps prepare them for them to meet you? And I'm willing to even sacrifice my own name, my own fame, my own notoriety, so that that person that you put in my mind can be healed.